Be the best rugby coach you can be. Welcome to the Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast with head coach Dan Cottrell, where you learn hints and tips from the rugby coaching community. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the podcast with me, Dan Cottrell, head coach at Rugby Coach Weekly. Tonight, we're going to do something slightly different. So we're going to run a little bit of a podcast series, and I'm going to be speaking to Chris Sweetapple and... Over the coming series, we're going to look at a number of different exercises and activities and games, never drills, of course, that we've used from rugby, the Rugby Coach Weekly Archive. We're going to discuss the different ways you could use them and look at other ways that they could be developed in the future for your team. So good evening, Chris, and it's great to have you with us. Thank you, Dan. Uh, I feel very excited to be amongst uh, your podcastees, uh, all the international stars that you have on, and suddenly there's uh, plain old me. So it's a real privilege to be with you. All right. So I'm looking forward to the plain old you and uh, the other you that we met <laughs> last year. And um, what I, I'm particularly looking forward to is the fact that you've been coaching for a great number of years, uh, mm-hmm. using your experience in the game, which you've got plenty of, and been through, I think, some of the battles that most of us coaches have been through in terms of developing kids, working with parents. Would you say that was true? Very much so. Um, I think I got into coaching like a lot of parents do, that I used to play the game, I love the game, uh, and wanted my son to play. Took my son to uh, a small local club on that first morning and half an hour later was appointed coach uh, and <laughs> off we go. <laughs> if so I had any, a for everyone who said that, I think I'd be a, a rich man, but that's, um, I think that's often the case. So you've been coaching for how long? This is my 10th season. 10th season. Okay. So the, the idea is we're going to feature an activity and mm-hmm. how it worked out for you and what you might do differently next time. And then we're going to talk about what other coaches might do with the exercise to suit their team a link to the activity is going to be below the podcast uh, but you can search for it on the rugby coach weekly site under standing in the tackle so chris is actually going to tell us a little bit more about that uh, because he's taken a part of that practice plan out so at the end of this we will also feature a coach takeaway and a coach question to ponder So there is absolutely loads to fit in. So let's Mm -hmm. crack on. So, Chris, just tell us a little bit about the age group that you're working with and the numbers and the number of coaches. Okay, Uh, I coach at the under 16 age group. uh, So we have to deal with uh, the GCSE year at the moment. Um, And uh, at the club, we have in total in the entire squad, 41 players, I think it is. And we actually run two teams, the A team. And uh, the second team is called the B team, although quite importantly, we don't use those labels. We give them fancy names so no one goes around feeling second rate. I am the lead coach on the B team, which is more than a development team. We've come through that now as well. And uh, although we do train together as a group, we obviously in match days, we're separated and we do have separate training sessions as, as the season progresses and, and various things go on. Um, the coaching setup that I have, I have two uh, fellow coaches with me. One is also our designated referee. Um, and the other one is a, a very happy dad joining in, doesn't want to make too much commitment, but just when I need something done or just can you take care of that, he's there. Never, never are very enthusiastic and helpful. 
Okay, so okay. that uh, offers up some challenges as well as opportunities. Mm -hmm. But we will we will look at that as we talk about the exercise. So the exercise again, it's standing in the tackle, and we're going to focus on something which you've called defence zone. So how is uh, what? Well, first of all, what do you think you're aiming to get your players to learn from this exercise? One of the specifically with this one, and what caught my eye when I saw it. Um, was for a while I felt that sometimes our players are not actually getting into contact in the best possible way. And what I mean by that, sometimes I actually see them slowing down into contact uh, and not necessarily accelerating through or just, just putting a little bit more momentum into that contact moment. Uh, and also what I see is sometimes, and the old adage used to be, they, they, they're, they're attacking the, the tree trunk and not the yeah. branches. And so what I, what was in the back of my mind when I saw this was uh, I want to be able to get, create a game-type environment, which is quite fun because smacking into your friends <laughs> is not easy in training. I detest the ruck pads. The only reason I have them is on the side of the pitch in case we have somebody injured and they've got something to sit on. Um, <laughs> so I don't want stuffed toys to tackle because they're too comfy. Um, and so when I'm looking for something here, a little bit competitive, so we can forget it's your best friend you're about to bump into. Um, and the same time in a relatively small area that we can just say, try and get yourself over this side. Just instead of slowing down, just think about accelerating through, going through the player. And I, I firmly believe that rugby is an, a, a game where you, you, you're trying to avoid contact. Um, you're trying to use the ball to attack space. You're as a player you're trying to find space, but contact does happen. But what I, my mantra is: contact on your terms. Make sure you're going to lead with the, into the contact, and therefore you've got much better chance of coming out on top. And we keep the ball. Sorry, right, so a little bit long. No, 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 that's fine. So we'll focus on a couple of things there. Uh, we'll come back to the mantra in a moment. Principle of play, obviously, is go forward. Mm -hmm. And let's think a bit more about that mantra. Um, it's important for players to have something to hold on to as the session goes on. Uh, I'm not keen on lesson objectives myself. I much prefer to develop themes which may or may not be revealed as the session goes on. So mm -hmm. just reiterate what your mantra is to the players. What are they What are they thinking they're going to come out with at the end? My, my object, what I wanted them to do was actually think about contact as a way of keeping the game alive. It's a support play. And we've been working for quite a while now about who is responsible for, for continuity. How do we keep the support going? And it's always the support person. OK, so now I'm changing a little bit. OK, you've got the ball and the support guy's there, but you've got some responsibilities too. What can you do to make this even better? i.e. quicker? How do we can get in, in and out of the contact quicker, neutralise the defence and move on? Right, in and out of the contact quicker, neutralise the defence and then move on. OK, so that's what the players we're hoping they're going to be doing. Uh, now, we'll, we'll talk a bit a bit uh, later on about how we might introduce that to the players in terms of their their attitudes. But let's, let's get straight on to into the game, because obviously you've just said that you like the game, you want it to be competitive. It is it is mates. Uh, so they might be a bit reticent, uh, hold back a bit about bumping into friends. But when it becomes competitive, we know that all changes. Mm -hmm. So how is the exercise set up? Um, 
I start with a, with a relatively small box, 20 by 25 metres, something like that, and there's a halfway line. And I'm looking for 4v4s, ideally. It depends on numbers we've got on that day. Um, what I may actually do is have three teams of four or three teams of five. And so we're swapping around. And the team that's resting, um, and I do call it that, you're, you're in rest now, suck it in, have a quick drink, be ready. I, I try to use them as, as the, the feedback team. So say, okay, you're the judges, tell us what we did well, what didn't go so well, what could we look at to improve? So there I'm trying to keep them involved. Um, I haven't actually tried this one. If I had a bigger group, if we get maybe 20, how do I actually expand it out to a bigger area um, and actually put a bigger team in? I might play with that next time we do this. Um, sometimes if it's going well, I'll leave it alone. Sometimes if it's just starting to get a little bit familiar, um, I may throw something really unusual in, um, make the box bigger or, or even put more players in just, just to create an environment where people are closer together um, and there'll be more contact. Uh, and you can go the other way. Sometimes just to change it, just to, to so they get they don't get comfortable. There's always they're always expecting something different coming along. So you encourage them to think. Right. And I like the idea of four versus four or five versus five because there's not there's not so many hiding places. One of the things you were keen to sort out here was that players take the ball on at their well, what was comfortable for them. Now, of mm. course. Um, what would be interesting is to work out how many players or how many of those players, if you were to video it, that uh, the joy of having some video analysis, analysis mm. as well, how many of those players held back and how many of those went in? What do you think? If you, I mean, obviously you didn't do that, but now your sense of it, were there some players who held back? Yes. Yeah, there are, All right, so it always starts <laughs> off with one, one, one or two. Uh, and, and this is where I, 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 you get... There's a couple of, we got a couple of, well, one in particular, a very powerful runner, very skillful, great footwork, and he's strong. And he plays at centre, and even the forwards so, tend to sort of, you always see them hiding behind the post. They don't really want to ta <laughs> tackle Z. Uh, and he's a lovely lad, and, and he just laughs at them. Um, but you get that. And, and then the, there's uh, a, one, one of our... Um, one of our front row forwards is he's, he's just if if he's got a target on it he'll run through it so right. there's these characters in here as well um but what i found and this actually came from from a different game and i believe this one one of the things that i liked about this game or i do like about it is it can fit with the other one um and the other game um i don't want to digress too too much into because we need to focus on this but it was quite a high contact rucking game um, and what I was able to do was to get the dads around the edge. And I tried it again with this. Get the dads there. Create a little bit of a, a box and, and get the noise levels up. And let's get it exciting. Let's make it competitive. There's a bit of an edge to this. We're going to hit each other. So be ready. Um, and the first couple of times through, we we were going back to type. And then I can't remember specifically whether it was me or what. Somebody said something and suddenly a big hit went in. Uh, and then we just went on from there. Um and I like that. So what we're going to try and do is create a little bit of atmosphere, use the crowd on the side. Of course, the other thing you, you said that you've got the players on the edge. Now, I'm just thinking now uh, with 20 players uh, with a bigger group that actually you could have uh, a team on, team off, tag on, tag off. Yeah. And there, your your teammates will be egging you on. Mm -hmm. uh, you could uh, stagger the time on, time off. So team A would start on 
for three minutes and go off after for three minutes and then go off and but the the opposition team would stay on for five minutes so you would be you wouldn't always be playing against the same players so perhaps that would be a way now let's uh, let's get into actually what does the exercise look like so we've got a 20 uh, by 25 box we've got a halfway line in between I always like to try and use a line on the pitch for the halfway line yep because then you can actually see it rather than putting cones down mm-hmm. so uh, what happens next then you've got the two these two areas and mm-hmm. you've got some attackers and defenders maybe four versus four yeah, it's four versus four. They're in each each half of the pitch. So the defenders, um, they're going to mirror. They can move around that type of thing. Meanwhile, the attackers. Where, where who, can they move to? Are they allowed to go uh, up to the halfway line or only them? up to the halfway line? So at this point, the defenders stay in their half. They can't come out. The attackers are in the other half with a ball, and they to start with are just uh, they. I let them the first time around. I let them pass in any direction, but that was a bit soppy. Didn't work. So now we've got to have one. 80 degree passing um quickly change that just uh, the illustration that uh, these thoroughly prepared coaches don't always get it right and uh, so i encouraged them and they they sort of stood there threw it around and it, what i said was they said well when do we go and i said when you want to go when you feel like it when you want to attack um and we, and we created a scoring mechanism where they get a point for every five meters they actually get into this defensive zone and um Oh, sorry, five, one point for getting five metres into it and then two points for a try. So at the given moment, they can the attackers can now move into the defence zone with the ball. Um, now, once they're actually in the defence zone, they may not pass. And what right, I mean, So that's a very, very important thing then. So mm-hmm. once they're in the defence zone, that ball carrier cannot pass. Cannot pass. No passing once you cross that line. Yes. Right. Okay. And of course, I got asked, how do we move the ball? At which point I said, I'll be ready. And they're all, and they, again, because they're used to this sort of thing as well. They said, oh, okay. And I said, well, just, just take a few secs, just 10 seconds. Just think about it. Have a quick chat, decide what you're going to do. Defense, think what they're going to do. How are you going to move the ball? What are you going to do? And the first time was the first first guy passed it. So, oh, no, no, hang on a minute. Let's go. Let's go back. I said no passing. How do I move the ball? Didn't you just talk about this? Yes. So things get forgotten in the excitement of the moment. And, and we've got beyond the um, I occasionally I do get a players join us for training for different reasons. And sometimes they can be a little bit prone to it. This is a silly game. I'm not playing it. Um, but we get through that because. Sometimes they, they realise the game. Actually, I was going to say that they realise that the game does work because they trust me a little bit. But actually, I think that they've stopped gaming it uh, and they realise that, OK, there's a bit of flexibility here. How do we make it work? And, and it, that doesn't happen every time. But when it does, gosh, it makes a difference. Mm. And so we had to have a couple of goes. Then we worked out the way we do it. And one of them actually said, it's like ruck, 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 isn't it? I said, yes, you're not passing it, but you've got to move the ball. How are you going to do that? And then it started to flow and a few soft tries were scored. A bit of teasing took place. And uh, All right, okay, just going back to that teasing. So mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of teasing mm-hmm. because I think that that, I mean, in a, in a positive way, mm-hmm. uh, that that can wind up the defence. I think you've got to wind up that defence to not just accept that they're going to have tries against them. I yeah. don't want them, they, them to work as hard as the attack. Okay, so uh, yeah, off they went. You had a bit of teasing. 
bit of teasing. The nicknames came out. The, the caricatures were verbally described, uh, not just by me, but actually by one of one of the, one of the assistant coaches. Uh, Tom is uh, very good at that. He was doing his uh, impersonation of various people, uh, and the dads joined in as well. And suddenly the pride came out. Uh, and yeah, we, we're at five to twelve. This is the last five minutes in the morning. We've covered some good stuff. We've had a good session. We're ready for next week's game. And this is right. What are we going to do? Uh, and it, 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 on the whole, it took off really well. Um, and the boys were starting to laugh and joke. And we ended up with, a, I think we went on probably to about 10 past 12, 10 minutes over the time. And I, I don't like doing that. Um, just to digress here, Dan, one of, the, one of my big things is that I expect the, the, the boys to be with us, the players to be with me on time or whatever time I say, because I don't always do a long session. I do. I prefer a short, sharp one that hits the point. Um, and my agreement, if you turn up on time, I promise I'll finish on time. Um, but what happens sometimes if we're having a good finish with a game like this, um, the parents are all there. It's, a lot of them stay through the whole session. They'll go off, get a coffee, come back, etc. But they see the boys home and the boys say, can we do it one more time? And I'm looking around and I'm, I, I might say, "Is anybody got time pressure? Anybody need to go? If you do go, I don't mind. Um, but I keep it going. Not, not too long because it, you can go too far with these things. Mm. Um, and, and this one, it just, it just, it just took off, and we ended up with the grand final, and um, we had the <laughs> virtual referee, and the TMO was on the pitch at one time, and and we're getting louder and louder, and the under nines on the pitch next door go, please, could you be quiet? You're disturbing uh, Terence in his little game, and all that's going on. But <laughs> so we had a lot of fun. So uh, now, obviously. Coaches are listening and saying, well, all you're doing, Chris, is you're getting these players to run in to defenders or uh, how how are they finding some continuity? What are they doing to create some go forward after they're tackled? Is that it once they're tackled? No, I, I, just before they tackle, we do, I spent a lot, not a lot of time, but the emphasis to start was about the body position. As you're going into contact, where, where are the key points? Where is your opponent? Where where do you want him? Where don't you want him? What can you do to move him? Um, similarly, okay, you're starting to move that point, that player around. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. Um, what should you also be doing? Where, where do you want the ball to be? Um, but we do have some some of the boys were were running in with the ball standing out front. I mean, it wasn't as as as, as it was the ball was in front, but they were clutching it. Mm. So it's relatively straightforward to wrap them up, or even one or two of the boys are quite smart at ripping. Um, so okay, fine. You don't want the ball there. Why are you going in shoulder first? Why don't you come round and actually lead with the shoulder, and at the same time you're moving the ball towards your. Um, your far furthest hip, so you've got your contact hip, your far hip, and now the player behind, where are you going to go? You've seen this develop. He's not going to pass. You can see the ball. The defender's out. What can you do? How close do you want to be? Who's going to keep accelerating? Is he going to slow down? Sorry, I'm putting too many things in here. We wouldn't do all this in one go, but we try and progress it. And and typically what I I do here, um, and especially thinking about we're, we're late in the session, um, we're probably we're having fun. There's a lot of good stuff going on here. Lots of laughs and jokes. I want to get some serious stuff across. Um, I, I catch them doing something good. I make an example of freeze or ice or something like that. Stay in that position. Let me just explain. Come round, point to it, and I try and pick 
some some of the boys who don't necessarily get the limelight so the ones that always do the things well the ones that always score the try i don't ignore them but i'd rather pick one of the lesser lights i'm trying to be kind here one of the lesser lights doing something so it boosts his confidence because we are a junior team and we often have players coming to us um, who played a little bit of school rugby, but they just need to come up a level. And by just encouraging them and making them feel good about themselves, catching them doing something right, I think is very important. Yeah, and I like that idea of catching somebody doing something well is is a good teaching mantra if we want to mm-hmm. keep using the word mantra, uh, certainly a, a boost. Now, I'm thinking about this this game and the players going in he's got tackled is that the end for them or is there is there a is there anything else that they can do the, when we talk about right you're going into contact um and we've gone through so the skill of moving the defender what what not everybody can do this it is quite skillful the i've seen one of our other coaches one of the a coaches talk about grabbing the player in front shirt and actually twisting him away now that's to me that's quite advanced you need to have good upper body strength you really need to be confident in what you're doing there and i've seen some of the a players do it and do it well great are we going to be able to do that at a level i have to be realistic i don't think so and also there's a little bit of me that say i'm not sure i want hands heading up towards the top of a rugby shirt around the neck area mm. i'm not sure that's particularly good 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 best practice so I, i'm looking I, I then go to a very simple thing the trees and the branches Okay, mm. instead of running straight into his midriff where his arms are and he can wrap around you, head towards the side. Let's see if we can break the tackle. Let's challenge him as a tackler. Say, you're a good tackler. Okay, you took me out front on when I was going at half speed. Now I'm coming fast and I'm going to your edge. What you got? Let's find this out. Test him. Uh, and at the same time, if you, the minute you start to move away, look look where, he's, where his start position and where his finish position may be and then turn around and talk to the players behind, the support crew, what are you seeing? Tell me, what do you see when this happens? And maybe I'm getting a bit same with you, that they all know the certain keywords, buzzwords from me they need mm. to shout out. Usually it's depth or space. In this one, space is the optimum answer. Yes, mm. where do you want to go? I want to run into that space. Okay, so now we've got two things going on here. The ball carrier is manipulating the position of the tackler and is ready to go for attack. If you bring me down, okay, it's great. I'm going to Position the ball, we're going to keep going. You're, I'm going to the edge. I'm going to make the ball available to my sport player. He's going to rip it off me and go through the gap you've just left. Or if I can, in a match, I might get a pass away. And suddenly yeah. we, we're, we're playing that type of rugby we, we dream of. Yeah, so the, the support player does have an active role to play in this because they can rip the ball or if the player goes to ra- ground, can he pick and go? Yes, yeah. Anything goes once once we get into it. There's no, I'm not not conditioning that part of it, and that's quite deliberate because I, I do have a lot of conditioned conditioned gains, um, and and we do have some of the, the hidden rules and all those sort of things mm. going on. But sometimes, no, this is, when we get to this particular thing on the contact bit, there's behaviours that I'm going to pick up and encourage and create options, but I don't mind. Play what play what happens. If it's right. a great tackle, as long as they don't pass, as long as they don't pass, as long as they don't pass, and that, that ends with oh, right. you do get the odd tantrum. But uh, yeah. so, what's the difference between an offload and pass? Well, it's how I feel at that moment. Now get on with it because I'm the ref and right. I can okay, do that. So they can offload it then? Um, no, I don't. Yeah, I, yeah, right, if, okay, that's fine because I mean yeah. I think this is something that um, coaches can say 
maybe I will let the offload in or maybe I will allow the pass off the ground or maybe I'll allow them to roll it out. So these are all options you could throw in. Yes. Not that, you haven't done it in this game, but this is something that you could do. Yes. The, the reason reason being um, the uh, I have when I ref a coaching session, I have an alter ego. I become Benny the Bent. And right. Benny the Ben is the worst referee in North London. Uh, and he's completely intolerant of anybody's misbehaviour and stand by because he might change his mood any minute now. Right. And, and so Benny the Bent uh, will always give turnover ball if the ball touches the ground. So right. even if even if it goes backwards, and this this uh, at times I do see a lot of frustration. That's not fair. Which then um, I reply, life isn't fair. Get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and now I actually got to the point where the whole team bellows, life's not fair. And let's yeah, get on. Right. So you do get the stereotype. But every yeah. now and again, it does hit the ground. But it's it's the end of a really good move. And we see a great try. And I go, try scored. And then they go, well, hang on a minute. You, you said, mm. be, be, be aware. Play what's – the game's mm. changing. Uh, and I had one of the um, – one of the parents said to me, he said, your games look like chaos. So I said, well, good, because rugby's <laughs> chaos. So that's how we're preparing. We're, pre- we're, pre- we're preparing to play chaos. Yeah. Well, that's a compliment, really, uh, for a game, because if it looks ordered, it's not not a real game. So I'm going to throw in a couple of different, uh, different thoughts here. Um, one idea is that um, if you attack the space to the side of the defender, there's always a danger that you can get double tackled. Yes. Um, so there is there is a case to actually attack the space and then at the last moment attack the defender. Mm-hmm. So that might be an option for maybe better players. And uh, the other thing is uh, taking the ball into contact. Now, you quite rightly said, do not present the ball as an easy target to be ripped. Now, that's mm-hmm. obviously important. Now, another idea um, I got from Richard Graham. Uh, who was with the Queensland Reds at the time, he said is that take the ball in on your chest and just as you go into contact, um, lean lean forward. So the ball starts from being almost in front of you to being mm-hmm. underneath you. And that's very difficult for a defender to to work with. However, with all these cases, it is very much what works for each each player and you're trying to give them give them options so mm. let's um let's just tie this one up a bit uh so it's run for 10 15 minutes um it's run over because they've enjoyed it if you had a if you if you think back now to when you run it la- ran, ran it last what obviously it went well lots of laughs so we we've, we've got a lot of what would you do differently next time you run it i, th- I think i'd i probably allow passing start to move towards passing i'd like to try and make it a little bit more dynamic and to compensate that on the defenders i might load the defense so right. I'd, I'd probably start off with saying you're allowed one or two passes so i'm experimenting i'm going to see what's going to happen and that might mean i might make the box a bit bigger and i might put extra i don't know i'd like to see how it happens and i don't know what's going to happen and if it doesn't go that well i'll discard that straight away and go back because it's a successful game but i'll be willing to try something else and so what i'm looking to do is is when i say develop the game is if if we need a different skill we'll have a different game but if i if i'm looking to try and say right what else might happen and, and make it 
game make it realistic as possible so okay in, in what we're playing here we're saying no pass but actually i might give you give one player a golden pass i might say yeah. like one particular player he can pass but and then maybe say okay you can all pass but only pass to the right or some something yeah. like that that just makes it a little bit more dynamic uh, and therefore well complex and therefore dynamic and just give them something more to and all the time i'm i'm trying to stretch it through a little bit so we're not just doing the same old same old yeah so i, I like the idea of the pass maybe the golden pass maybe the golden receiver perhaps mm-hmm. um, and also um if you're thinking about this defense zone so it's about 10 meters long. Um, how about no passing from 0 to 5 meters? But if you break the 5 meters, then you can pass. Because I think that might give them the incentive to get over that 5 meter line. And mm-hmm. as they've got over that 5 meter line, if they're held, then they can get the ball away. So it gives you go forward. It gives you um, looking to get the ball away. And of course, the defense are going to be trying their very best to... Um, grab and hold the player yeah. to stop them doing the pass. You've you just given me an idea that so I do like the hidden rules in a game. And so mm. we, we could start with as if, if a team scores, they can have a reward for their next effort. They can have a uh, pass. And yeah. so they, they can they can accumulate, uh, make it a gamification system. So very simply, the more successful they are, the more um, jokers I give them that they can do extra things. Right. So they could, uh, you might give them um, an offload. You could give them a one-handed offload. Mm-hmm. You allow a two-handed pass. Uh, you can uh, sit down a defender, uh, put yep. them out of the game. Yeah, I like, I love that. Great. And one so, of the things you can do oh, with that is that they sort of, beg your pardon, Dave, but one right. of the things you could do then is that uh, when I've got three teams and we've got one team uh, steps out and is the judges and all that stuff, uh, suddenly, what you've you've got here is is knockout. You're just the right losing team stay stays on or something yeah. like that. So you, you end up with a grand final. What you can do with a gamification, I haven't done this very many. I only tried it with something else a little while ago, but you can actually give each team points for, as they accumulate different um, jokers and extra behaviours. So okay, you might well think you're winning, but in fact you guys have got further ahead because you've got more extra plays extra jokers in the pack mm. now this is starting to sound extremely complex so uh, yeah yeah i'm looking forward to <laughs> some, someone's going to be standing at the sideline with a clipboard ready to take, uh, take notes on this yeah. now let's think about uh, other coaches and uh, age groups so would you do this with under 10s um i think uh, i'm a bit nervous to that because they're quite they step under 10 second year of contact yeah. Um, I'm not sure, and I'm also thinking about which age group. So they're still they're year fives, aren't they? They're likely to be playing tag still at school. No, I, I don't think it's necessarily going to work for them. You could yeah. adapt it into another type of game where there's less contact and contact just yeah. happens. But I, I I I don't think I would look to do it any younger than under fourteen, under thirteen. Right. Okay. So I'm, we're I'm probably open, under like 30. All these things, I'm open to persuasion, but yeah. it just doesn't strike me as being something that those age groups would necessarily get get the right outcomes from. Right. And do you think this is um, a game that could be run by an inexperienced coach who's maybe only done one or two years of coaching? 
Uh, I mean, given that we've said under 13s, under 14s, if you have, okay, uh, uh, as an example, would you uh, happily hand this over to maybe one of your co-coaches to run? Um, one of them, yes, because he's also a ref, so he's very mm. much aware, safety-driven, um, mm. trained in the concussion protocols, all that, so, and he's safe. And he's safe. I, the other coach, I wouldn't want to put him in that position because now we're, we're encouraging contact, mm. and he used to play the game, but he hasn't been on any of the coach. And it, it, to me, it's just unless... I'd let him do it with my group if we've done it before because they're, they're competent and they're fine mm. and he's just guiding them and giving them feedback and that works. For him to do it with a, with a, with a, with a younger age group or uh, to do it from scratch, with the, I, I, I've got some concerns here and I'm renowned for being a little bit too far towards the safe side. I don't mm. think that's a bad thing. I'd rather be, no. I'd rather not do something and everybody goes home happy uh, mm. and goes to school tomorrow morning. That, that's success. Yeah, and I, I mean, I would say that an experienced coach probably could do it with under twelves if they, if they were comfortable in yeah, refereeing, was, was... because a lot of refereeing outcomes in this. But as you said, I think that uh, it strikes me that needs probably older players uh, and coaches, maybe a little bit more experienced to do this. Modifications could be that you could do this with grab tackles, perhaps, mm-hmm. um, and that that might be the modification. Yeah. Right, let's uh, let's do the couple of um, questions. The first, um, and you're going to file the questions over to me. So the first question is the coach takeaway. Coach takeaway. I, th- I think that um, my th- my thing. If there's one thing that I always think about when, because coaching doesn't always go beautifully well. There are dark moments and mm. things don't quite go according to plan, and it's incredibly frustrating. And it helps me to I always think about who are we doing this for? And I look at other coaches in matches and different things, and, it's, and I just think in my mind, I'm thinking, why are, why are you doing this? So that's my question, my takeaway. Right, okay. Who, so who are coach, we doing this for? Right, so my answer to this is we're doing it for ourselves. Uh, we should be doing it. I think we should focus on ourselves all the time. And the reason why we should do that is because if we truly love coaching, uh, we make ourselves better. We're learning all the time to make ourselves better coaches. And then that means that our players will be better. Because if you turn up to a training session and you are not in the right frame of mind, you're not enjoying it, uh, there are reasons why you're not enjoying it. If you're not focused on you, then you won't be doing the best for your players. Because I think that if you are thinking, what can I do to be a better person, better coach, and focusing on being in the right place in your mind, then I would suggest that you're not going to be nearly the same coach. Now, that might be controversial or it might be um, a little bit out there. Mm. So that's my thought on that one. Okay. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you shout at your players? <laughs> Apart from my son, uh, no, <laughs> very rarely. But I don't have a very loud voice, so I suppose I have to uh, speak up. I mean, you one would I would suggest that you're saying shout, as in uh, raise your voice in order to change um, a bad behaviour as opposed to shout to try and get attention from players who are... Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's a form of aggressive, aggressive communication yeah. mm. at high volume. Yeah. 
but that's the sort of pay- person uh, that I am. And I think that different coaches have different styles. I, I think we're probably quite similar in terms of the way that we are. Mm. Um, and I always, I'm always worried that it's very easy for a couple of coaches to get together and agree uh, vigorously uh, on areas where they both they all do the same thing and forget that there are different ways so i'm think you don't shout i used to shout a lot um and i i really had to work hard to stop that and it came at the same time when i realized i started to learn much more about coaching Uh, and it was the same time yeah yeah i'm 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 a coach. Uh, I've got a team and I've got a thing. I've got, uh, you want to, you suddenly this winning thing comes through and I see winning these, these, um, the coaches who actually want the result. They want the result above all um, because they want to be saying, what a great team we've got. We won all our games. We're top of our division, all this sort of stuff. And and I, I, I've learned, I come, I believe I've come a long way from that, that actually the reason why we do this, and it's probably, this will explain why I do the, the B team. Is actually, I, I think it's much more than that. I think that the responsibility, and I'm doing this for these boys, um, mm. because I feel that I got so much out of the game, uh, and it was all very different back then. Uh, but I got out of it things that aren't necessarily available to everybody now, and mm. rugby is a vehicle that can take you to it. And so, if we can grow, grow these young youngsters. They're all boys now. I, I haven't had the opportunity to coach girls since we were doing tag, etc. But if we can help these as young men, if we can give them an outlet to run around in fresh air, um, make some friends, have a bit of fun, challenge themselves, find courage to play. Rugby is a game that needs you have to be courageous. And if we can sometimes just give them a little bit of different experiences, there's enough pressure on them at school and with social media and, and modern day living. And if we can create some sort of safe environment from them, and I mean that not just physically safe, but also feeling confident that they can try something, make a mistake. People might giggle and tease them a bit, but they, it won't be hurtful. They won't, mm. won't make them feel bad that they've let people down and create that, that collective responsibility that we describe as a team and what you can get from that. To me, that that's much more important. And I'm the facilitator. I just try to do the best I can. Uh, and if we're how are we successful do we win divisions and win every game no we don't do we get thumped sometimes yes we do do I get frustrated when we we lose of course but I get more frustrated when we don't perform um perform to the best of our ability if they all if if we give our best and we lose it doesn't matter Mm. so um I'm thinking that actually the golden moments are those 10 minutes of that exercise you talked about when they were they were loving it and there's that's the that for me is the real the pleasure from coaching is those those moments when they're enjoying each other's company and you say they they've got a chance to be themselves in an environment where they're not judged perhaps as harshly as they're judged in the uh in the rest of the world okay so the uh question to ponder then hmm um the the game the coaching 
of the game has changed. I'm just trying to think. When we we used to call the new rules of play, particularly yeah. for for the uh, the minis and the middies. And I, I was we were the we were the age group that played the continuum. We were the last continuum age group. So I, I had limited experience to new rules of play. But then closely behind that, the coaching philosophies seemed to change. And I, when I did my my level one, the game idea was really starting to come in. And certainly once I got to level two. And also following the material from Rugby Coach Weekly, it's all game-based and different things. Mm. Yet I do find myself in some of the larger sessions when we've got the entire group together, where I, I'm I'm supporting um, very senior uh, coaches who learnt their trade before all that, and so they have some very old-style fixed values. That, and my question is, Dan, or my my one to ponder. Is there any value left in the old style of coaching? Because these are successful coaches. They they run very, very good, successful teams. So is there value in the old style stuff? Or are we as modern coaches, are we turning our back on that? And are we, are we letting something go that actually could still work? Well, that is, of course, a great question to ponder because I think that... <laughs> The debate is still open. Uh, I do believe there is a new way of thinking about coaching. Uh, but we have to remember that coaching has only really come into force in the last, say, 30, 40 years. Um, the, you can read the famous books on the Lions where they went along with um, one guy who happened to be really the match manager. And it wasn't to the likes of Carwin James came along mm. that uh, things things changed. Uh, I think there's... Um, there's space for both. Um, it's important that we recognise the values of the game all the time. And there is, uh, I believe, an ongoing debate of where development stops and results start. And it may not even be mutually exclusive. There could be there could be both. For me, I think it probably goes back to what you were saying earlier on. Why are you there? And you're really there for the bunch of people that is in front of you. And that's when you have to change your style. Now, if those 30, 40 boys are there for mostly to be part of a team and win some, lose some, then you're more of a development coach. If you're faced with, uh, you've got 10 or 12 boys in front of you who want to go right to the top, I think you have to change. Um, that's what I think at the moment. I, it is, of course, a long and lengthy debate, which mm. is continues on Twitter uh, most weeks, it seems, uh, amongst uh, many different coaches. What do you think? I th I th I'm inclined to think that there is space for both. Um, and certainly I, re I recognise in, in our own environment that in our A team, we have got uh, nine who play representative rugby. Some are in academies, and and these are young men who really have got their hearts set on getting as far as they possibly can in the game. And they are occasionally I can see them being shown things that perhaps doesn't quite come from any coaching manual that you and I would uh, pick up and use. But these are very experienced coaches. Um, and they're leading them into into this area and you're getting into the area of is it cheating or is it gamesmanship do it to them mm. before they do it to you as well um it it's something that i personally 
I find I, I, I maybe it's just natural style or something. I just seem to want want to be down at the other end of it, having a lot of fun and progressing people. Mm. Um, and it could be a style, but I have to coach some of these boys sometimes, and mm. I do tell them off. Uh, <laughs> and maybe this different perspective, uh, it just helps uh, give it a little bit more balance. But I think there's a place for both. Um, some some of the I've had one of the very experienced coaches, our line out, here's a quick war story. Our line out uh, really wasn't going terribly well. And uh, I felt like I was starting to nag as I was saying the same things over and over again. And I actually got one of the uh, coaches from the A team. We all, we swapped for half of 20 minutes or so. We swapped. He took the half forwards for the line out and polished their line out and the transformation, just 20 minutes, just everything seemed to happen. And, and obviously he's more experienced and different thing. Did he say anything radically different? I tried to. I was I was supposed to be doing something else with the with the scrum house, but mm-hmm. I had one ear up in the uh, one ear up in the air all the time. Uh, did he do do? No, he, he was saying. I think there was an element of a different voice, different approach, something mm-hmm. going on like that. And sometimes I think that's important. Just changing the voice, changing the angle. Let's do something a little bit different. Let's move away from the existing status quo just suddenly makes people pay a little bit more attention. So. And sometimes there's no harm just to tell. Uh, no. Like, no We're going to do this, this, this and this. Go. Um, yeah. Because players can get another question coming, another question coming. I'm going to say this, I'm going to say that. Let's actually just say, we're going to go this way, go. And then actually you're sorting it out for yourself. You're asking questions internally rather than, openly so yeah I, yeah I i agree i think there's a space for both there is a balance uh, where that balance lies is one to ponder mm-hmm. so what we've done uh, the idea of this podcast was to introduce an activity and see how we're going to how we do it it was the, the activity is again just for those who want to look it up it was standing in the tackle and we looked at the last part of the activity which was the game situation which was defense zone uh, the basic idea was four and four. The defenders couldn't go beyond the halfway line, and the halfway line was uh, about ten minute, ten meters into a twenty meter box. Once the attackers had gone over into the defence zone, they couldn't pass, and that created, well, for me, from what you're saying there, Chris, uh, not only did it create lots of great technical outcomes, it really fired up the players and gave yeah. them some um, mental pressure to uh, deal with um, so that I would say for me the the, the takeout is uh, there is some technical but actually what you've created there is a, a great competitive competitive environment for players who don't necessarily always get competitive like that in training mm-hmm. yeah that's right um, so from you what would be your biggest takeaway from the defense zone game I, th- I think the biggest thing I want to get from them is, is basically the leg pump. I just want, and I mean that, what I mean by that is just put the energy in on contact because one of the things that we have learned to do or we, do, we can just see it starting to, to, to unfold in front of us is if you can go into the tacklers coming in, but if you keep the power on as the attacker, you can break that tackle. And there's, if you take a tackler out, if you get through that, there's immense space to get there and you've got your support crew with you, it's try time. Yeah. Uh, and, and certainly, 
if you think if you you're less likely to achieve that in the early stages of the game but deep into the into the second half and we can be down the business end here we're maybe one we're, we're scrambling we might be behind this could suddenly make the difference and what a feeling for because it's going to be some of the boys who enjoy the contact the, the 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 breakaways or um one of our players whose nickname is prop idol you can fill in the rest for yourself um this this is be his, the try of his lifetime which is usually the last try he scored <laughs> so what i like there is um energy energy in the contact zone and anything which can create that energy yeah. chris brilliant um lots of energy from you as as always as i as i expect and um some great things to think about. And I look forward to us looking at the next activity and a few ones to ponder. So thanks very much, Chris. My, my pleasure, Dan. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you very much for having me. That's OK. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And you can catch up with more podcasts on the Rugby Coach Weekly website. And the exciting thing is that you can listen to us on Alexa so I probably said the dreaded Alexa word and everyone's Alexas have uh, piped up and saying, what do you want? But if you said Alexa, enable Rugby Coach Weekly, the podcast will come up. So thanks again for listening and look forward to speaking to you all soon. Thanks for listening to the Rugby Coach Weekly podcast. If you want to hear more podcasts, head over to rugbycoachweekly.net and click on the blogs tab to catch up on any episodes you've missed. We look forward to speaking to you again soon with more insights from coaches and experts from the world of rugby, sport, and learning.